We thought about other people's projects, but we didn't find any interesting ones. So we thought maybe <laughs> let's just talk about ours. Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash data stories. That's qlik.de slash data stories. Hey everyone, data stories number 60. Hey Moritz, how are you? Hey Enrico, good. How are you? I'm okay. Summer is almost gone. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, I had some time to restore a little bit, not too much, but yeah, yeah. At, at least we took a little data stories break, so that horrible part of your life uh, hasn't been bothering you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was okay too. Yeah, 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 yeah it's kind of nice. Yeah, I did some traveling too. I had a sort of a turbulent summer with a lot of deadlines, but also vacations but also projects and it's yeah, sort yeah of confusing yeah, yeah. a lot of uh, miles in the end but um yeah i had a good august yeah yeah me too i didn't have a real real proper vacation but mm -hmm. yeah but i've been hiking here and there i've been visiting a lab in uh, washington state it's pretty amazing there <laughs> mm -hmm. cool nice Yeah, I had one week of camping, like one week really off the grid. I didn't even have cell phone reception, so. That nice, that's mm. nice, yeah. yeah. And now it's uh, the September craze, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crunch like, time again. That's, that's the hardest, <laughs> uh, one of the hardest months of the year. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. So, um, well, today it's me and you. <laughs> yeah, no special guests. No, the two of us. Yeah, yeah. it's yeah, it's a moen or enmo, <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, yeah, I think uh, we have done this a few times now, and uh, we just want to talk about um, I don't us. know stuff that comes <laughs> in our mind. Hopefully, that's interesting. Uh, we have a long list of topics. I, I don't know if we will manage to cover everything. Uh, but I think we want to start with a few updates on data stories, which surprisingly we do uh, not very often. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. We should do it more often. So let me give you a few updates about data stories. So the first one is that you might have noticed that we have some sort of a new format that we internally ca uh, call project episodes. So the idea here is that Rather than having an episode that is fully focused on one specific topic and one person, we have an episode that is about one specific project. So recently we had one, uh, the last one actually was on the um, climate change piece from the Bloomberg team. Uh, previously we had an experimental one uh, with the Gregor Aish from New York Times on the yield cur curve. And um, well, did we have another one? Another project one? No, I think that's a, no, the this, two. That, yeah, these yeah. are yeah, these are the two ones that we tried. Um, we right now don't have plans to to keep doing uh, project episodes with video for a number of reasons, but we do want to continue project episodes um, because it's fun and because it's a different way. I think it's an interesting way for people to learn more about the specifics of a specific project. Yeah. And we do have some more in the in the pipeline, right, Moritz? Yeah, 
At least one that I'm aware of. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you have any good ideas or any projects where you think like, wow, it could be cool to learn a bit more about the background there and about the design process or the history of a project, uh, let us know. And we can reach out to the people and maybe they will be willing uh, to uh, tell us a bit about the project. Yes. And related to that, you might or might not have noticed that we have now a sort of new format for the blog post. Now every single uh, episode has an image gallery. So this means that you can go to the blog post and uh, click on the gallery and see images that are related to the to the episode. Typically, there are screenshots that we take or even photos and pictures. Um, so the idea here is that, I mean, we often talk about visual things. So being able to um, have a preview of the images we talk about is probably useful. This doesn't mean that you cannot listen to the episode without looking at these images, but um, it's a nice preview if you want to use it. And we also embed these images when it fits into the podcast itself. So if it depends really a bit on the, the, the podcatcher or the application you use to play the podcast, but you might see the images if you're lucky. So <laughs> I, I know that on iPhone, some, some of the players support it. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. it's not very well uh, established. The, the whole podcasting format, they all, it's also wonky and all proprietary. And even, you know, Apple who tried to improve the formats for a while, they are now not supporting their own features anymore it's very confusing so yeah <laughs> bear with <laughs> us there but we try to we just try to you know give you more material as you listen to sort of be able to follow you know what we're talking about i think that's the the main motivation there yep and yeah. you now can also join our mailing list or newsletter, whatever you want to call it. And uh, you will be receiving updates directly from us, directly on your inbox. Um, what else, Maurice? It's basically the blog post, because we had this question, if there is exclusive content on the mailing list, I think that's a good idea, though, <laughs> now that I say it. But, yeah. no, but in principle, we just push out the blog post. It's just that also, again, today, it's so unclear how people actually get notified of new stuff. Nobody reads RSS feeds anymore, I guess. And so some people are on Twitter, others have a podcatcher, but uh, this could be a third way of how you can learn about a new episode. Uh, just get an email. So one last thing I want to say about data stories is that, um, again, surprisingly, we never mentioned that on the show, but competition has become really high. So if you listen to data stories and you like it, and I'm sure you do, <laughs> uh, please rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, or any related uh, podcast uh, collector. This does actually make a difference. So if you are um, one of our fans, please spend just a couple of minutes to go to iTunes or similar collections and rate us. Um, that's important. That really makes a difference. Yeah, and it's, it's really interesting how podcasting took off the last year, right? I mean, it's, we've it's been there, of course, before the wave. <laughs> I mean, let's, yeah, that's clear. But, let's you know, that. now, yeah, yeah, yeah now, now it sort of <laughs> takes off. And there's like a whole lot of platforms. Like, I just got an email from podcast.com. Never heard of them before, but they have a big podcast directory. Their Stitcher, they've been around for a while, but there, there were there were two or three other podcasting platforms and lots of also data related pop podcasts, you know, uh, emerging. And it's kind of cool. 
it's it's kind it's of good. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you do you listen to any of them? Yeah, I, actually, I listen more to not so tech data related stuff because yeah. I, I I need a break, you know. At some point, it's like. <laughs> So, but I'm aware of a couple of them, and, and I, I, yeah, I, I listened into a, a few of them, like uh, the Talking Machines one. I didn't really follow up on that; it's probably too specific for me or too too technical, maybe. I occasionally listen to our most direct competitor, uh, John Schwabisch, with his Policy Risk podcast. Yep. He has very similar guests, and you know, but also <laughs> a few different ones. So yeah, it's kind of interesting. He's also how, on how Red Presenters, things. right? He does rad presenters, but yeah, yeah uh, also the Policy Viz podcast. And I think if you like data stories, you will like these two. I, yeah. I, I would guess. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said you really enjoy Data Skeptic, right? Yeah. So out of all those uh, new um, podcasts related to data, I have to say that Data Skeptic is the one that, uh, I don't know, cool. I enjoyed the most so far. Yeah. Um, I really like the way Kyle introduces a lot of different topics. And he has kind of like a different couple of formats, the, way, the same way we do. He has regular interviews, but also mini episodes explaining the basics of um, some data science topics. Uh -huh. And it's it's just brief, very brief episodes, but very informative and fun. And one thing that I'm really jealous about is doing that with his wife, <laughs> who is <laughs> nice. actually not a data expert. <laughs> uh -huh. okay. So that's the, I really like the, the format. So um, if you guys are interested in uh, in more data podcasts, I I strongly suggest you to. I mean, the two of uh, us are like try. an old couple, so you know. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, same yeah. thing. Same, same thing. thing here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, and um, I think we're going to uh, put a link on the blog post. There is a, So recently I have seen quite a few um, list of best data, data science related podcasts. There is a nice one on, uh, on um, um, called the seven best data science and machine learning podcasts. So if you are curious about that, there are quite a few ones mentioned there, including data stories, of course. I just wanted to ask, like, which, uh, <laughs> which position are we in? Oh. That's, yeah, it's not a rank. Number it's not five. ranked. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they have, yeah, they have data skeptic linear uh, regressions I heard of and never listened into partially derivative yeah. or really data show. Yeah. So I think that's show. a good list. Cool. Yeah. It's it's a good list, yeah. Very absolutely. Nice. Very nice. I am totally sure we will we will see more in the future. That's that's growing so fast. It's actually amazing to be to have a podcast in at this time. Actually, it's really cool. Yeah, it's um, the return of of talk radio in a way. It's it's oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's really amazing. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a great medium. And I mean, for me personally, it's I spend all day you know typing and reading and. Looking and it's so relaxing to just listen. It's, oh yeah, that's I just love me. That. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. it's the same yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a great format. And we have another great thing coming up. Yep. People say we have the perfect faces for radio, but in, if you're in New York, you can also inspect our faces in <laughs> in real life, <laughs> IRL, because I'll be in New York beginning of November for Visualized Conference. Yep. Great conference. I was there last year already, and it's two days, really packed two days. It's short talks, 15 to 20 minutes, and really excellent people. Uh, good conference. And um, we have the opportunity to do uh, a Data Stories meetup uh, as sort of a satellite event to the conference. It's kind of cool. That's great. I think you said yeah. first 
Oh, first days of November, but I think no, it's first days of October. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally wrong. It's like, so uh, it's first yeah. days of October. Yeah, um, and the meetup is on Wednesday, October seven. Yep. So in if you are in New York, Manhattan. yeah, <laughs> or plan to be in New York, um, yeah, come sign up. Yeah, it's only five bucks. Yep. Yeah, it's a fair price <laughs> in my in my view. Yeah, that's basically just to make sure that everybody who signs up actually shows up. Um, we don't. We still don't know what we do there, so we will be around. Some of you will be around. Um, then we need to figure out what we do. So we have some ideas, but <laughs> if you have ideas, or if you have, you can also think about questions you want to ask us, or you know, we can talk about like past episodes or future episodes or. Data related stuff, of course. So, yeah, let us know if you have any ideas <laughs> because we need to figure something out. Uh, we do have yeah. some crazy ideas, but. <laughs> yeah, but there might be crazier ones around. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Anyways, could be good. We did this once at Viz conference. It was just nice to see like the listeners and what they, you know, it was good to hear like what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, you know, how they came to listen to the show. For us, it makes it much more graspable right it's like oh, yeah, you know absolutely. we're just talking into the void here and then somebody <laughs> writes something on twitter you know something like this but we never have this direct contact with the listeners and that's uh, it's just nice it's yeah, also see, a bit awkward obviously but also nice yeah, yeah to yeah, actually, yeah. Be, actually meet in real life yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i agree seeing some faces is a good thing <laughs> yeah i guess <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard to realize that listeners are are actually out there. They're real people. We can actually actual people, talk yeah, to with actual hands, people. legs, so, everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, and for us, it's good feedback. So if you, yeah, you can come up, talk to us, and I'm I'm sure it, it will be entertaining and informative to ours. <laughs> it's at least how they announced it. So we'll see if we can live up to that. Yep. Um, relatedly, we also have uh, uh, Ask Us Anything session coming up um, on on Reddit. So you might have seen there's a few people like the Data is Beautiful subreddit, which is a great place for Dataverse anyways. And um, yeah, they have this new series of Ask, Ask Me Anythings, AMAs. And there was, who was there? Robert Kazara, um, Mike Bostock. Um, Tamara Mansner. Tamara did one. So basically data stories crowd anyways, as you can see. <laughs> Santiago will do one next Santiago, week. Santiago, yeah. yeah. And we Alberto. will do one in November. So if you have any like smart questions you want to ask us. Uh, or even dumb no, ones. <laughs> or dumb ones or tricky ones. Like, yeah. Um Whatever you can come up with. So you have two months to now formulate them in a, in a, in a nice way. And, and then we will be there to answer them. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I think I guess I too. I'm not sure. I never did it. I, I think it could be super stressful to do these things. You have to type yeah. a lot in short time, right? It's like... Yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. I think it's a new format. Again, I'm so fascinated. I just by hope this, I all don't these... get into another internet fight. I, I, I have a tendency <laughs> no. to, <laughs> to get involved into these, in these endless debates. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, wow. need to, you need to um, make sure I don't get caught up in something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Call the Reddit police. Yeah. Let's see what happens. Yeah. 
I'll just unplug my internet in case it gets too bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So shall we talk more about some of our recent projects? Yeah, we thought about other people's projects, but we didn't find any interesting ones. So we thought maybe <laughs> let's just talk about ours. They are pretty good. <laughs> no, but... That's no. terrible. <laughs> okay, say it again. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a bad person. That's, didn't you know that? No, <laughs> it's just being sarcastic. No, but I mean, for me, actually, it was like, it was a very busy year. And, and I really, I wrapped up a few things before like summer. And then I went into vacations and then now suddenly all these websites pop up and get launched and, you know, so it's, it's kind of cool. It's, you know, you come back from vacations and all your stuff is online. That's kind of nice. Um, as long as the clients don't send you emails during vacations, which some of, some of them did. But, of course, um, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I can talk about a few projects. Uh, shall sure. I make a start? We can take turns, yeah, maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so the first one is still sort of in the making, but I, I want to nevertheless talk about it. It's it's kind of interesting. So it's called False Positive, and uh, I'm doing that together with Mark Shepard, who initiated the whole project, and Julian Oliver. They're both uh, artists and uh, scholars, but uh, mostly artists, and. Um, yeah, it's a complex project. It's actually kind of hard to explain, but it deals with um, corporate profiling and how companies deal with data and uh, control over networks and infrastructure and so on. And these are all topics that we are, the three of us are pretty concerned with and interested in. And so, um, yeah, we're doing this art collaboration around it. It's a whole series of events. Like it will be um, exhibited at, four more places it has been shown at Ars Electronica already and then it tours sort of <laughs> through Europe in, in the fall and basically what we do is uh, we pretend there's a new um, telecommunications provider called Candygram <laughs> which is like <laughs> a really good name I think and Candygram is so, sort of an odd company it's a bit strange simply it's um, um, it's never quite clear what to think of it. And um, the people who interact with CandyGram at some point realized that, um, well, CandyGram keeps asking you for your email address to sign up for something or to make a consultation or, you know, to get a service. And basically what we do is as soon as people provide their email address uh, is create data profiles on them. So we search on the web, what can we learn about this person uh, in automatic ways? Uh, like scrape all the text of web pages where they appear and scrape their social media profiles and so on. And so basically people learn at some point that Candygram knows quite a bit about them. Yeah. And that sort of bleeds through all the uh, communications with the company and it sort of peaks in a data consultation. So you can book a date with one of the um, sales agents and then they show you basically what Candygram has on you. And it's it's like a series of slides, like a little slideshow with words that are associated uh, to you, other people that might be similar or you might know. Um, and, and the most like shocking thing is always a personality profile. So I'm calculating this um, um, personality profile along five different traits or five different dimensions. The big five, that's sort of a standard in psychology. And then everybody gets their data profile, personality, um, guess, more or less. And uh, I, I, I won't disclose too much, but I can also say the databases for this is highly speculative. <laughs> so, it's, you know, <laughs> basically what people see, half of it is more or less made up. 
or mm-hmm. lose mm-hmm. speculation association. But the other half is quite accurate. And that sort of, you know, puts it into this interesting space where you don't really know what's going on and, and you don't really know what's what's happening. And yeah, sometimes it's a bit hit and miss. These things are always a bit hit and miss. But sure. for all of the people... It has always been a bit like there, there was always one spooky moment for them. Like, wow, how did you know that? Or, you know, like, how does the internet know I'm, I'm such a nervous person? You know, I tried to pretend to be normal or something like this. And, and the interesting question is, of course, like when companies profile us and they do, um, well, what if they are right? Like, that's always the, the, the big fear, of course, that Google knows everything about us or things like this. But I think the much bigger problem is what if they are wrong? You know, what if you, you know, get miscategorized because somebody has the same name as you or used your email address in, you know, fraudulent activity or there's just a typo in the database uh, and then you land in a category where you don't belong and and suddenly you have big problems you know and and i think these are very real like concerns or scenarios and we are playing a bit with that and yeah yeah try people to help also to you know to understand how these things work and then in the end show them a few ways of how they can maybe protect themselves or be smarter about their data um their personal data leaks yeah 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 yeah, absolutely that's that's a great project i think um such a timely yeah. Um, project because um, things are changing very fast, much faster than we can understand, right? Yeah. And um, I think it's not just a matter of, um, I'm wondering if you've been thinking about it, it's not just a matter of what companies can do with this data, which of course is a big concern, but also uh, criminals. I think it's there is a big yeah. concern on what criminals can do with your data and how easy mm-hmm. it is to access your data. Mm-hmm. So I remember um, reading... Also identity theft and so on. Yeah, so you exactly. can buy exactly. people's profiles for like low amounts of, like, you know, in the dozens of dollars you can buy somebody's, all their online info basically, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. pretend you're them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I remember reading some months ago this book called uh, Future Crimes, Mm-hmm. And there is this interesting stories about a journalist who've been uh, stolen a lot of information. And when they describe how this happened, it's crazy easy. I mean, yeah. me and you could have done it very yeah. easily, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's quite scary. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Even scarier realizing that me, that I have a background in computer science and <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, I have a little bit of knowledge, right? And uh, and still, I was surprised by the kind of information I read there and yeah. what is what is possible today. Um, so, are you trying to? So, I, I find it really interesting that you're not trying to be super accurate. Um, so, are you trying to increase awareness? So, what is the main goal of the project? Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, it's an it's an art project, so yeah. um, we, we want to leave the audience slightly puzzled and sure. you know, <laughs> not be <laughs> yeah. totally clear about what everybody wants to achieve. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. Because it's it's much more interesting if if this happens somewhere else, like not yeah, in our concrete like statements. Um, but yeah, but sure. I mean, uh, we want to 
and and also the 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 project is deployed at places where there's let's say normal people around. So the next mm -hmm. one will be in a, in a shop, really. Like oh. uh, there's also talk of a shopping mall that we, where we might have a booth. So and also at Asa Electronica, we had very like a whole mix of people. Yeah. And for them, these topics are always like somehow in the news, and you hear about Snowden, and you yeah, hear about sure. Amazon, and you hear about Google, but yeah. it's very abstract. Yeah. yeah and yeah. when it when it actually becomes about you and you see sort of a bit of the workings and also when it breaks and the underlying mechanisms i think that's that's quite instructional and quite 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 interesting i mean the problem is the personal data consultation as we do them they are super intense and and mark did such a great job of of delivering them he was like really the data doctor you know sure. in a way um, but that doesn't scale. And so now we're thinking about ways how we can achieve the same effects in, in a yeah. different way for a, a broader range of people. But yeah, it's it's an ongoing sort of investigation. That's yeah. nice. Can you disclose any of the mechanisms that you have behind the scenes? Yeah, just so I, no, I will definitely write a, like a technical blog post. Uh, in oh, principle, okay. yeah. it's... A lot of Python. Um, I, I use a service called Full Contact. It's mm -hmm. actually quite pricey, but what it does really well is resolve an email address to all the social media profiles Ooh. that are wow. associated with that email address. And that's hard work. It's possible, but it's really hard work. So I'm happy to pay for that. <laughs> yeah. And it also gives you things like um, hometown and gender and estimated age of the person, things like this. And so then once I have the seed data set, I do a bit of text analysis, a bit of, I don't know, mm -hmm. machine learning things and mm -hmm. um, yeah, come up with these profiles. And then it's only web technologies in the front end, like Reveal.js um, to have like a slideshow of, of different like HTML based contents and, mm -hmm. and um, React.js uh, D3. So it's, yeah, it's a wild mix of, wild mix of, of existing libraries as usual, but I'll, I'll do a write up on that. That, that has been a journey in itself and it's, it's not quite finished yet because it's, it's hard to do something really. That's the other thing. It's really hard to do something that does automatic stuff just based on public information and your email yeah. address. Yeah, exactly. The thing is, people assume, well, it's so easy to find out anything anyways. Everything's on Facebook, but Facebook doesn't give it to you, you know? Yeah, and so, yeah, it's actually kind of difficult to actually achieve that big reveal, you know, that mm -hmm, people mm -hmm, expect mm -hmm. in that situation. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah, interesting project. Cost me a lot of nerves and everybody involved, but uh, it's been quite <laughs> rewarding too. So, <laughs> some of the best projects are like this. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, and it's so like speculative, and we wanted to do a lot with like actual network infrastructure and you mm -hmm, know mm -hmm. cell towers and so on, but um, wow. base stations, cell phone base stations, and so on. But these things are hard. I mean. Yeah. It's waves, not particles. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> waves are tricky. And also <laughs> telecommunications technology is tricky. And so, yeah, all of that has been hard. But um, yeah, that's sure. a good project. Yeah. Nice. This is a great time to take a little break and talk about our sponsor this week. 
Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash datastories. That's Q-L-I-K dot slash datastories. And you know, last time I told you a bit about ClickSense 2.0, the new features that it brings, also how Click was named a top 10 innovative growth company by Forbes. Um, this time I'd like to tell you a bit about three blog posts uh, on the Click blog that I found really interesting. They're from visualization advocate Patrick Lundblad, and he covers really the basics of data visualization really well in these three posts. So the first one is on data attributes, what types of data could we have? Uh, how are they different? What makes them special? The second part covers which visual encoding can we then choose for these data types? Um, which types of uh, graphical variables can we use to express information? And the third part is about, well, what do you actually want to show? Like, what's the purpose of your chart? And which chart type do you pick accordingly? And I think these three um, blog posts, they present really nicely the foundations of data visualization. I think it's great that Click takes care of um, um, also educating the users a bit on what, what makes a good chart and how to best use data visualization. And they continue to do so. So if you want to try out their uh, new product, ClickSense 2.0, uh, give it a try at click.de slash data stories. That's qlik.de slash data stories. And now back to the show. How about you? You've been involved in a few things too, yeah? Uh, yes. So one of the things I want to talk about is um, a project that we have in, an ongoing project that we have in collaboration with uh, uh, ProPublica here in New York. Mm -hmm. um, ProPublica is a newsroom. Um, they do investigative journalism. We actually had uh, Scott Klein on the show some some time right, ago. Right, right, right. So yeah. our listeners should know something about about ProPublica. Uh, they do a lot of investigative journalism, and then they publish um, interesting uh, internet internet applications and um, and infographics and visualizations. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's really interesting stuff. what they do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so what we started doing together is to um, look into very large sets of Yelp reviews, mm -hmm. um, mainly on the data feed um, they produce on the healthcare. So mm -hmm. this includes uh, typically doctors, uh, nurses, and um, hospitals, and so on. So anything. So did related, you filter it for that, like from the no, start? Like no, no, Yelp. Yelp gives us directly only this kind of feed. Ah, they have it. different categories, and they pro ah. and they provide only this category to us. Got it. Um, but that's what we are interested in. That's what ProPublica is interested in. And um, I think uh, historically they they've been working a lot on medic anything related to medical. Mm -hmm. So I think they have an application where you can see. Uh, how much money your doctor takes from from pharmaceutical companies? So you can literally type right. your doctor's right. name, and you get a full <laughs> list of. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And um, recently, they published another piece on, um, I think, quality of surgeons, 
and mm-hmm. how many mistakes surgeons make. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's good to know, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah if yeah. you are planning some surgery, mm-hmm. you'd better check the, the, name, the name of yeah. your doctor there. But if it's your a surgeon very... has only 3.5 stars on Yelp, you might reconsider. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not as simple as this. And this is where, this is where I believe one of the reasons why this project is interesting, because what we are doing is to build... Um, User interf- interactive user interfaces for them to look into this very large set of reviews. Mm-hmm. So right now we have almost 1.5 millions of reviews only considering the healthcare data. Um, so one of the first steps we developed this tool that we call uh, Revex, mm-hmm. and um, which stands for Review Explorer. Yeah. <laughs> <Very much. laughs> Guess what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Scientists and names. It's yeah, yeah, we're not the best with that. <laughs> yeah. um, but we but have this yeah. this initial interface um, where you can basically the, the the main idea is to use is to have an interface through which they can very quickly uh, create um, data queries mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that they want to single out um, reviews with um, special combination of parameters right Right, so for instance reviews that contain uh, the name of a specific drug and have uh, one star and uh, and then you can see the distribution across other dimensions like Mm -hmm. uh, who are the providers in what category and so on and then for every single search you have a summary of the results through some tag clouds and then you can see the documents basically um so it's a this, faceted search. It's basically a faceted search kind of tool. Yeah. And um, it's nothing too innovative, but it's really useful. And uh, we are very much interested in understanding how people use these kind of tools to derive mm-hmm. new insights and knowledge. And, and it's amazingly the, fast. I was really blown away because it's millions of reviews and yeah. you have a demo with a million reviews on the website. Yeah. And everything exactly. just, it's there, you know, you click, yeah, it's yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is thanks to one of my students. His name is Christian Felix da Silva. Uh-huh. He's an amazing programmer. Plus, he has a very nice aesthetic sense, which honestly is pretty rare in computer science students. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, cool. yeah, he's amazing. And um, and how did you build the backend, like the search indexing? Uh, he and used Elasticsearch. Mm-hmm. And the rest is just... Um, uh, D3, JavaScript, right. and um, AngularJS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as I said, I mean, it's a simple tool, but it's really, really powerful. And what is really interesting from my point of view is understanding how these tools help people derive new knowledge and insights. Right. And and I mean, honestly, at least from from the point of view of an academic like me, it's stunning to see people using this tool. They literally use this tool to search for specific doctors and they call them, right? Ah, so they yeah. have the tool in front of them. They <laughs> spot a doctor, they yeah. search for the number and so, call the doctor. Right? They had surgery last week. <laughs> Tell me more so, about it. Yeah, that's wow. pretty amazing, right? Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about actionable tools. <laughs> that's right, that's, right. that's uh, amazing for me. I mean, being uh-huh. able to work on something that is so actionable is um, something really, really rewarding from my point of view. Nice. And um, so they already published one um, article um, thanks to the things that they found through the um, using the tool. 
Right. So if you go to the link that I will put on the blog post to the Revex page, you can see you have you have an overview of the interface. There is a video showing the interface, um, uh, how it works when you interact with it. There is also a little demo that is based on public data that Yelp published online. So this is not the data that actually the folks at, at ProPublica use, but you can get a sense of how the tool works. And another very interesting thing, there is a, um, as I was saying, there is um, an article that they published on NPR. It's called On Yelp, Doctors Get Reviewed Like Restaurants and It Rankles. <laughs> <laughs> and I think this is what, I mean, I, if you're interested in the topic, I suggest you to, to, to read the article because it gives you a sense of how complex this space of review analysis is. It's not just spotting bad doctors and assuming that they are really bad. There is a whole interplay between what doctors need and what patients need, what are diff what are expectations of both sides. Yeah, I think that yeah. is it's a very interesting space where a lot of different things are happening and um it's very interesting, right? Because you can so let me just tell you one thing. Um do you want your doctor to be um to actually um to please you or to mm. cure you, right? Mm. So here there is a really interesting problem because in a way you can clearly see that people give good reviews to doctors that take care of things that are not necessarily highly related to your health, right? It is yeah. you can you can very clearly make an example of a doctor who is doing something that is not pleasing to you, but it's the mm. right thing to do at that time, mm. right? Mm. Um, yeah, or I mean, many let's say alternative. Um, Medicine, you know, successes are, I think, I think partly just due to that people get attention and somebody actually listens to them and, you know, that makes them feel better already. And yeah. that's, you know, and yeah. this is what yeah. they don't get at the normal medical doctor, which is bad. So, you know, the, these doctors should learn from that. But at the same time, yeah. Yeah. And of course, of course, <laughs> you spot really bad doctors, right? Some of yeah. them are really bad that you can spot them using yeah. the tool, which is scary. Uh, right. But I think it's an interesting space where the interplay between uh, um, physicians, doctors and mm -hmm. patients and how the relationship is changing thanks to these new tools. It's very yeah. interesting. Um, it's a it's a world that has been that is changing a lot thanks to tools like Yelp and other related review systems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but it's yeah. it's an interesting question what effect that has like all this online reviewing and I mean we can see how it changes the restaurant scene for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know if it goes to doctors and every type of service you get it's yeah, it's if everything is a chase for the the five stars review, you know, it's Exactly. That can exactly. be problematic too. It, it yeah. can be problematic. Yeah, it can. <laughs> Right. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, you can argue that it's really good that you can see reviews. Right. I mean, it's much more freedom, much yeah. more democracy. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's. An and also when I was looking for a doctor, I posted on a, like a local group on Facebook and just got yeah. 10 different opinions. <laughs> and yeah. but, you know, five of them agreed that like one doctor is pretty good. And I was like, yeah, let's try this one out. And he's pretty good. <laughs> you know, so. You know, yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wisdom of the crowds. Very nice. Yeah. And will you do like a um, a case study paper on like how people use it, or um, how do you track like how ProPublica uses it, or how do you document that? So right now we have something that should be 
um, a little, little paper that uh, should come out sometime in October in, um, how is it called, Computational Journalism Conference. But mm -hmm. this is just an initial step. This is more like telling the story of what happened and how the tool works. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the ideas that we have in mind, we have two ideas. One is, as I was saying at the beginning, using this tool as a way to better understand how people discover information with, with, with this kind of inter data interfaces. Mm -hmm. And another one, of course, is that the more we work with this kind of people, the more we uncover new needs that are not covered by existing tools, right? right. So it's more like a probe to, to uncover mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, interesting um, problems, right? Yeah. And if journalists can actually develop new types of stories based on these tools. And exactly. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. <laughs> it seems like you're actually doing something useful. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's my biggest, biggest achievement of uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. 2015. <laughs> I did something useful. Somebody used it. Yeah. <laughs> because you never know. And if you actually oh, see yeah. somebody like... You know, like using your interface for real, I think that's great. No, that's, but that's great. I mean, let yeah. me say that on a more serious note, I think this is really important for visualization in general, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we have amazing examples of people who have done super useful <laughs> visualization, made super useful visualization tools. Like, I don't know, I think about D3, of course, is a, is a, is a, is a clear example or I don't know, other libraries or tools. But sure. in general, I think thinking about uh, usefulness in visualization is, uh, is an important topic. And it's not just usefulness, right? Anything related to data. Sure. Right? So, yeah. Yeah. So what I is agree. next on your side? Um, yeah, a couple of things coming up. Uh, so I have one more project I, I just finished I wanted to talk about. Uh, inclusive growth report. Mm -hmm for the World Economic Forum. Um, challenging, challenging project, but very mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, and I had the chance to work with Stephanie Posavec on that, oh, who was yeah. also on the show. Yeah. So it's the first time we <laughs> we did a design, design project together and it went really well. So, you know, you never know. It's like, yep. are we compatible or not? The approaches, but it was it's great like fun. It's like new couples, yeah. Yeah, sure. And, no, it was great fun and very productive and yeah, super cool. But the funniest thing is like the outcome is actually like what you would exactly expect if you put me and Stephanie in a room. <laughs> super like organic, nice colors, but also yeah. like slightly like, geometric. Yeah, it's yeah. so cliche. And actually we tried different things, but somehow <laughs> now it's again like a leaf of a tree and it's like super organic. Well, what can you do? But it, it works really well and it's, it's a cool project. So uh, you can check out the website. I'll, I'll give it a link. And the scorecards are the most interesting part, I think. So each country has a scorecard like Germany and so on. And you can see how each, each uh, country performs. And these are pretty tight and neat. And um, yeah. And yeah, thanks to Stephanie also to, for the great, great work there. And I learned a lot of technical stuff on that project because uh -huh. I was working also with Nine Elements, great company, yep, um, good people. And um, Matthias, the coder there, he set up this super crazy, crazy framework. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I've seen the future. I mean, we'll, we'll see how it plays <laughs> out. But for me, it was like really... A revelation in terms of how you can organize a web project and how how to set everything up. And well, basically we used ES6, which is ECMAScript 6, which is the successor of JavaScript. Like it's a more 
sane version of JavaScript. Uh -huh. um, the people who used ActionScript 3 will recognize a lot of stuff. It's actually kind of similar, which is fun. And this helps a lot with organizing your code in a good way and having a, like a really concise code. Mm -hmm. And it plays really well. We used Babel and that plays really well with React.js. React.js is a framework from um, Facebook, which has become hugely popular, popular over the last year. And um, these two things play together really well. And everything was split up into individual modules and also the, the, the CSS code that corresponded to a user interface element was bundled together with that. So um, you have very little dependencies. Everything's very like neatly packaged and immediately accessible. I was very impressed. So it's 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 great to work like that. And so I'm now I'm transitioning now to ES6. Mm -hmm. And I can really recommend that to everybody who's frustrated with JavaScript, as you should be. Um, <laughs> And you get to think in new ways. So you think much more in terms of mix-ins and modules rather than inheritance and big frameworks. It's much more like little parts neatly combined. And I, I like that style anyways. Um, and now I'm working on two projects with Pixie.js. And Pixie.js, um, Dominicus, another guest, like, you know, it's the old data stories crowd, obviously. <laughs> um he pointed me to that and he used it for this year's Better Life Index for the OCD. And it's a really nice rendering framework where you write code, again, very similar to Flash. This is probably why I like it so much. So you write like an abstract scene graph description of how your graphic should look like and behave. And it can be rendered in WebGL, which is super fast, or Canvas, which is available anywhere else. <laughs> and so... Uh, you have a nice platform independent way of doing super high performance graphics. And I'm just working now on a spinny globe thing with more than 4,000 data points on particles and it, everything's being projected and drawn in real time. And it's like basically at 60 FPS. So I'm happy. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, and these things, they make everything that I did like half a year ago look really old. And it's like, you know, web <laughs> development is so crazy. It's like every every three it's, months, I basically oh, yeah. throw away all my stuff and start it's, from scratch. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, technology yeah. is changing so freaking yeah. fast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ES6, sure. ES6 and React are definitely here to yeah. stay. Also, if you say yeah. Angular, forget Angular. Learn React if you have a chance, and ES6, and you should be safe for at least nine months. I would say. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you have any any kind of like internal rule on when how to adapt uh, some new technology? I mean, you work with this all the time, right? I'm sure yeah. you are exposed to a lot of new libraries and ways to implement stuff. Um, how how do you decide when to switch? Because of course, there is always some cost associated to yeah, switching, right? It's hard. I mean. I think with all these things, the community is the most important thing. So however the website looks like, just look who's who's behind that. Like who's behind the projects? Are these people who have been around for a while and who are really serious about this stuff? Mm -hmm. Because many, many projects on GitHub end at a 90% completion state, more or less. And yeah. you know, nobody takes care yeah. of the rest. Um, yeah. And you need to make sure you don't put all your money on <laughs> one of yeah, those projects. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I'd give it some time and see if there's like a solid community around the tool. And 
But you can be wrong. I like a lot of people thought Angular is a great idea and then got super frustrated in yeah. projects. And yeah. React basically was React and Angular were like equal competitors for a while, and now it's so clear. Yeah, React has sort of made that race. Um, so yeah, it's sort of I don't try to be the very early wave, but be second, just wave. second wave. Yeah, yeah, maybe three months uh, behind the curve, um, and then you. You at least avoid the very bad mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a wild, wild world. But it's tough. There. Yeah, and, it's, and I spend a few yeah. days often like refactoring something or like rewriting something to fit a new framework, and then you realize it's crap. That's super frustrating. But I mean, what can you do? Yeah. yeah. So, can you tell us more about the project itself, about Excellence Networks? Uh, uh, the inclusive growth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's one of those reports. So I do a mm -hmm. lot of these reports type things where you have mm -hmm. countries and you learn something about those countries. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> like a default uh, project yeah. category. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but this one's quite nice. So it's about inclusive growth. So it means like how um, the economic growth in a country, um, how does it uh, like really fit for everybody in a country or do just little, you know, a small amount of people profit from economic growth. Mm -hmm. So it's about equality and uh, inclusiveness and so on. Yeah? And um, the team measured like loads of data. Really, it's, it's hundreds of indicators that are aggregated into different categories, uh -huh. uh, super much data. And um, th the problem is sort of we don't really provide a, a really high level ranking or a big picture view mm -hmm. um, because it's sort of hard to to come up with a definite single ranking right and yeah. uh, so we focus more on the individual country views and you can compare your country to your peer countries and things like this yeah. um, but it's I mean that's that's sometimes a problem with these types of projects is it's hard to make um, definite statements um, Who's yeah. best or who's worst? You know what you would like to see maybe from a design point of view, but it's just from a political point of view, not adequate to to do these types of things. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we, we did a great job on that. So. <laughs> so are you working on any other similar kind of project? Um, yeah, in some way always, but right now I have a little break from the these types of activities. So I have two projects I'm really excited about. One is a wind forecast project. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. It's going to take a while until it comes out. I'm pretty far already, but the data side needs to, to yeah. be there as well. And uh, But that's cool. It's like with yeah, like real climate scientists making wind predictions. It's mm -hmm. a lot about visualizing uncertainty and finding good visual models for, for wind predictions. So that's super fun. And um, I, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And the second one is a, is a big ambient um, visualization for, for a company that does um, cybersecurity. So I, I visualize all the, the hosts they're running and the attacks they are being, you know, um, yeah. uh, who's attacking who, how much. And, and yeah, so on. yeah, 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 yeah. And so there's loads of stuff I can play with and they want something really cool too. So I think these two projects, they're going to keep me busy for the fall pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> How about you? What are, what are you up to? So another thing I want to briefly talk about is that um, um, we just started a new project on um, human rights visualization. Hmm. Um, 
that's really nice. We 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 got some funding from MacArthur Foundation. Thanks, okay. MacArthur Foundation. Mm-hmm. Very um, I'm really excited because this is in collaboration with a couple of um, colleagues from NYU, and um, especially with um, Meg Satterwaite from NYU Law mm-hmm. and Odette Nov from from my same school, um, Polytechnic School. And it's something we've been working together for quite a while, but now we have um, a project funded and a lot of new practical ideas and ways to make progress in this area. Mm-hmm. And um, it's really, really, really interesting. And again, this is another space where I believe we can have um, a lot of impact um, beyond doing exclusively academic work. So here is a is a nice project where I believe we can do both interesting academic work and at the same time having practical impact Mm -hmm. and um it's really interesting because human rights um traditionally is um is a subject or an area where people um didn't really work with quantitative data right it's mostly about uh reading and writing and reading long reports lots of qualitative data and um performed by 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 lawyers right (laughs) i don't want to say anything against lawyers but (laughs) i think they're not uh, traditionally they're not quantitative people but of course this is changing as any every other area in the world is changing and we are moving towards a lot more data a lot more quantitative data but human rights has very specific problems there Mm -hmm, so one mm -hmm. one common problem for instance is that data is incomplete right? It's almost always incomplete. And they have lots of interesting rules. Uh, Human rights organizations have very interesting rules on what to show, what not to show, and how to Mm -hmm. show it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and this is um, um, developing all the time. And uh, it's it's a very, very interesting space and very unique um, problems there. so I don't know, for instance, showing a number of murders in a specific regions uh, on a map is problematic mm-hmm. because um, you might very well just, quote unquote, just represent um, the way data has been sampled, right? Yeah. yeah. And it, most of the time it's like that. That's the only thing that you are showing, right? right. Um, now, the first thing is always you show primarily population density, like where do people live? Yeah, that's another thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> that's the first thing that goes wrong. And the second then is, yeah, where, what do we measure actually where? And <clears throat> that's also the same problem with these types of inclusive growth projects and so on is like, where it matters the most, like, you know, in Africa and Asia and so on, you know, it's really hard to get reliable numbers because a lot of the data is self-reported. Yeah. And yeah, yeah I mean, exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, it's problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, human rights people um, feel like there is, um, there are a lot of opportunities there to do amazing things with, with visualization, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so it's a so very what, interesting. So, what do you space. visualize? What do you visualize? Uh, can you tell us a bit more, or is it still um, in the? I can briefly mention. So, I cannot tell too much about what we are currently doing, but we are working on uh, satellite images, which mm-hmm. is a total new space for me. I think I never ever yep. worked on on images before. That's very interesting. And uh, this made me think about what is what is visualization? Is is satellite images visualization? Um, I, I guess so. It is right, but it's it's also um, a, a picture. I mean, um, um, an image, right? <laughs> so it's this li- it's this very interesting 
um, space where it's not something that is totally abstract, yeah. but it's not very concrete as well. No, it's, right? it's scientific imaging in a way, like like it is micro- scientific imaging, you know, yeah, like microscope exactly. images or exactly yeah. large hadron collider measurements. And yeah, yeah I, I agree, it's a very interesting space, like where you use images as sensors, more or less, yeah, or like yeah. sensor output, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But I think. Um, in a way, this is even more interesting because scientific images are most of the time used only by scientists, right? But sure. in human rights, these images are used not only for internal analysis, but also to communicate information to the mm-hmm. to the to the large public, right? Mm-hmm. Or to prove something or to show not, the effect yeah. of something. And yeah, sure. It's yeah. not rare to see these kind of images in a newspaper or magazine, right? Right, right. And, uh, and of course, there is also an emotional component there. Um, so it's a very, very interesting space. And as I said, it's totally new to me. I've never worked on images before. And um, I find it really, really, really interesting. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's what I'm doing right now, and uh, um, I just want to briefly mention that um, we have a new paper out from my from my lab um, about the climate work that we have done in the past with a um, group of climate scientists. Um, this is a project that we've been working on for more a little bit more than two years. And that's the last paper we published on the topic. I want to briefly mention it because I think it's one of those um, academic works that can have um, some interesting implications on how people do visualization in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I've been mentioning part of this work before on the show, but very briefly, the idea here is to come up with... Uh, um, kind of like visualization guidelines by analyzing a large set of examples coming from a specific discipline. So in mm-hmm, this case, mm-hmm, we've been analyzing mm-hmm. a large set of visualizations produced by climate scientists for their in their publications and um, talks as well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we create a sort of taxonomy of uh, issues, right? Design, visualization design issues. Mm-hmm, and... Mm-hmm. Um, I think one thing that I really like about this project is that we didn't just stop um, the moment we created this taxonomy. We also spent quite a lot of time going back to the climate scientists and showing what we have done ah. and created what we call matches and mismatches, right. which is mostly about what does a data visualization expert believe is correct <laughs> and what does a climate scientist believe is correct. Right? Yeah, 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 and yeah. where does our opinion match uh-huh. right and doesn't match and I find this part really really interesting mm-hmm. and I would love to see much more of that right so in a way this study is very narrow it's a group of I don't know 20 climate scientists so a specific kind of climate scientist uh, somewhat in a way it's a even if it's a lot of images, it's still a very small set compared to what right, people right. produce around the world, right? But I would love to see more of this kind of research because it really gives a sense of not only what are the problems out there, the design problems out there, but also how different communities um, see different problems, right? And you can see that in the, I mean, when there are these kind of uh, Twitter battles discussing about what is correct and what is not <laughs> correct, you 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 totally get a sense and a flavor of what um, 
how many different opinions are out there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, especially in the world of science, there we need to discuss uh, this um, much, much more. And I think there is a lot to gain for science and scientists um, in communicating with data visualization experts and designers just to better understand how to communicate science to others, not just to their peers, right? Right. And I think But even there, I think for both, um, you know, use cases there, yeah. There can be a lot, uh, there's a lot to be done. Nice. I, I think that's a great, great study. I'm just flipping through it and I, I think it's a super interesting topic. And, and I, I also agree we, sometimes we tend to be a bit cocky in a sense that we think just because we know visual variables and we have read exactly. Cleveland, we yeah. can suddenly like be experts on anything. And so it's good this reality check that you know some some plots might make sense after you are exposed to them for a decade. <laughs> yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah. You know, like. Absolutely. I mean, I am afraid of this kind of uh, this gospel that that we try right, to. Right. I mean, of course, to some extent, you do need, um, um, I don't know, some systematic analysis. And even prediction of yeah, what works and, and what you doesn't know, with work, some right? best practices, you can improve a lot on all the standard graphics. Yeah. Like, I see the spaghetti plot, like it's it has 10 different lines, color-coded, yeah. they all overlap. It's something where visualization expert says, yeah, that doesn't really work. Let's make small multiples. You make small multiples to the right of that. <laughs> Immediately, everybody says like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that yeah. totally works. Like, yeah, why don't we yeah. do it like that, right? Yeah, yeah. And But there might also be other cases where, yeah, some Something seems obscure or sort of strange, but then it does make sense if, if you know a bit about the data and about the conventions in the domain and so on. Yeah, so, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And, uh, Looks yeah, like we a had, good paper. Yeah. We, we had a lot of interesting discussions on the rainbow color map with them, right, which right. is, of course, pervasive in, in climate science. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's interesting. It's not that black and white as some people want us to believe. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's not I like don't know. that. About it's rainbows, like... I have my opinions. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe we should, maybe we should have a show, a yeah, whole just, show yeah, on, on rainbows. Out, yeah, but if it's um, not at least perceptually corrected, I'm I'm not on board. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. I, I, that's not what I'm saying. But I yeah. think it's the the story is more complicated than yeah. than, than yeah, that. Could be. Yeah. 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 Nice. That sounds good. Yeah. Maybe we should have uh, yeah a climate scientist on board at some point. Yeah. Well, we had the Bloomberg, uh, the, Bloomberg the Bloomberg episode. One. That was yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were also both part of a um, workshops. Yeah, so we oh, could have yeah. Greg uh, on the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, climate we'll is a very see. interesting, very interesting area. Yeah, yeah, and important. Very important. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Any other projects? Any 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 upcoming things? Uh, anything interesting? So from my point of view, one last thing I want to mention is that I am going to start my new InfoViz course next week on Monday. Uh-huh. I am, as usual, um, excited and nervous at the same time. <laughs> um, it's interesting how, how much of a struggle there is every year trying to come up with the right balance between things. And um, Will you ever I- do a MOOC where we all can take part and do your exercises? Um, That's what I'm interested in. I hope in. so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, we do have actually an online internal course that I recorded last year. 
Cool. But that's not freely available. Um, But honestly, to tell you the truth, I believe that um, I'm still improving a lot. I'm I'm, I'm never too happy about my courses. You're not ready yet? I'm not ready yet because I'm still experimenting (laughs) with a lot of things. Yeah, Especially the right balance between, let's call it theory and practice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very hard. It's very hard to find the right balance. At least for me, I don't know. I mean, maybe for others, it's not. No, but it's the it's the yeah. ongoing thing in, in database courses. Sure, like how much do you try out? How much background knowledge do you need? Like before, after? Like, pff. yeah. I mean, every year, my 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 towards the end of the course, I feel like. I spend too much time giving lectures hmm. and uh, and students, I can literally see them learning much, much qu- quicker when I sit next to them and criticize their work. Yeah. So maybe yeah. you should just start with projects and then um, like demonstrate everything on the concrete example. Like if somebody uses like a funny color map, yeah, you know, bring it up maybe. on the projector and say like, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, what can we yeah. do here? Like, do you see alternatives, or yeah. what? What do you think would be the textbook solution for this? Things like this. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think Tamara is an interest. Tamara Matsener has an interesting uh, solution to that. She basically splits her course in two halves. Uh-huh. First half is the whole um, set of theory going through her book, and second half is project only project basically. But it's and, first theory, then practice. Yeah. First yeah. theory, then practice. I think it's an interesting, interesting format. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, if you guys have any suggestions, <laughs> uh, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> that's that's an ongoing, an ongoing struggle yeah. for me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll ask you again in three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. How yeah. about you? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, not really. I'll be teaching a few workshops too, by the way. Oh, but yeah. That's more internal, but um, yeah. So I'll face the same problems too. Um, yeah, I have a bit of conferences coming up. So if you are in Belgium, you mm-hmm. could go to Kick Festival. Nice. Um, what is that? It's in November, and it's pretty cool. It's um, it's a big festival, and it's I think it's basically free or very low attendance fee, because it's basically financed by cultural. Um, Money, <laughs> so <laughs> or it's like regional development uh, funds, basically, and uh-huh. it's, it's a huge digital like festival. Uh, really interesting stuff, great speakers, conference, um, exhibition space, and so on. So nice. That's worth checking out. Yeah, that's early November and mid November. I'm in Katowice in Poland mm-hmm. for the Art Bits Festival, and that's gonna be nice. good too. And yeah, I'm a huge like fan of what's going on in Eastern Europe, and I'm yeah. always super interested. And these guys, they 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 make a really good impression. They have like a media lab there that deals a lot with urban data and smart city type things. And also the conference here, they have Lev Manovic, who I've been working with, as you know, Stephanie Posevek, who yep. I've been working with, as you know, <laughs> uh, Niklas Roy, who is a super fun guy, super flux, uh, great people from design fiction uh, area, um, Dietmar Offenhuber, who we had on the show. Oh, yeah. And Studio Nant. And we also had Stefan on this show. So again, it's a Data Stories crew party, basically, yeah. but uh, yeah. mid, mid-November in Poland, yeah. Nice. If you happen to be around, say hi. <laughs> I would love to. Drop by, say hi. <laughs> yeah. 
What's coming up for you? Viz probably well, Viz as every is the year. Usual, yeah. Every yeah. year. Yeah. So Viz is um Viz 15 is in Chicago this time. Chicago's not bad. Yeah. And um if you haven't seen it yet, there is the whole set of papers online. Mm. I think they also published uh, video previews. But the videos, yeah, but the yeah. papers are not, not yet, no? I think at least the titles and authors yeah, are you know, out there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they will, they're going to post some... You don't uh, usually paper. read more than the title or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's getting bigger and bigger, so you cannot actually <laughs> read everything, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you can get a sense but of you know who, the who main trends. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. I think almost every year you can see some main trends. What's your guess? What's going to be big this year? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I'll tell you later. Um, yeah. After the conference. <laughs> uh, after the conference, I think. Um, yeah. Let me think. Applied stuff? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not, not sure. sure. I didn't read More carefully theory. yet. Yeah. Um, Frameworks? I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'll mm. try to talk about it in a, one of our later shows. I'm yeah, not sure. sure. Um, yeah. I didn't read carefully, but I'm sure it's going to be a really good visa. It's almost every year is, is a very good uh, set of papers and, and events. So yeah, last year was I'm, quite successful worried, from, from yeah. what I gather and the years before as well. So yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Cool. Um, yeah, yeah. You should do some, some live reporting again. I mean, with, I won't with go. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I can't <laughs> stand that too often, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but last year was fun. And yeah, maybe you should get Robert and I don't know who, who else will be there. Like from, yeah, good, good, good interview partners. I'm, I'm sure there will be some. Yeah, we shouldn't spend too much time without uh, Robert and Andy and yeah. Alberto. From time to time, we, we have just to need invite a, a little dose of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Alberto, yeah. He, he's writing a new book. He's, he's busy writing with a his new book, book and it's, yeah. it seems to be going along well and um, looking good so far. So, Yeah, what is that? The truthful art? Something like that? Yeah. First one was the functional art, and now he's all for truthful suddenly. Now that you know, I don't know where he has that from, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to reading that. Yeah, it's, it seems really good, and yeah, we'll see. Okay, I think we can wrap it up here, right? I don't have anything else. I'm yeah. happy. Yeah. So I just um, want to say to our listeners to so if you want to suggest. Um, other guests to us. We are happy to receive suggestions. Yeah. Um, what else? If you can rate us on iTunes or other aggregators, podcast aggregators. Yeah. Stitcher maybe too. Yeah. yeah. And uh, sign up to our mailing list. And uh, yeah, here Follow we go. Follow us on Twitter. Follow it's us on fun. Twitter if yeah. you're not. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so that's all for today. Yeah. Hear you soon. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Data Stories is brought to you by Click, who allows you to explore the hidden relationships within your data that lead to meaningful insights. Let your instincts lead the way to create personalized visualizations and dynamic dashboards with ClickSense, which you can download for free at click.de slash data stories. That's Q-L-I-K dot de slash data stories.